Hey y'all, welcome to Dessert Stealers. My name is Stephanie and I'm going to tell you guys stories from my life, give some advice and some scripture at the end. I hope you enjoy. Let's go. All right. Hey y'all, how's it going? wonder why I start with all right. <laughs> Maybe because everything's all right right now. Um, today I wanted to talk to you guys about my wellness and health journey. Um, don't worry, I don't have anything to sell you. I don't have any affiliate links. I don't have any of that. So, no sponsors. <laughs> this is just about my wellness, my health problems I've had. And um, I think what I'll do is in a separate episode, because it could get really long, I will tell you guys how I got better from all these things. Um, some of them, you know, still afflict me, but we all have things, you know. So as a kid, I always had stomach aches, like all the time. Um, my sister used to call me a hypochondriac because I was like, always complaining about my stomach. And, you know, the doctors didn't find anything except constipation, which I was like born with. I had terrible eating habits, so I'm sure that did not help. Just ate. I mean, I ate what my mom made, but like when I went out, you know, we'd eat a lot of fast food and um, I'm not old enough to where fast food wasn't was like less crappy. It was already crappy. So <laughs> and then I was diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome and then I was diagnosed with slow bowel syndrome and then they changed it back to irritable bowel syndrome with constipation. So I have basically had that my entire life. And what it means is my intestines don't do their thing on their own. Like intestines move around. Like that's how they push the food through. They move and they wave and whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But they, they push the food around and mine just don't do that very well. So um, they have medicine now for that called Linseth. And I've had that. Um, it was just uh, worked too good for me. So I don't take Linseth anymore. But I have figured out what I need to do about that. In 2002, this is kind of an interesting story. So two weeks leading up to the first anniversary of 9-11, I had a really bad feeling. Like just I kept thinking like something is going to happen on 9-11 the first anniversary I can feel it I just know it and uh, I remember I was I was home that day watching the memorial on tv and I was like I can't watch this I'm, I'm scared something's going to happen so I took a nap I mean it was really early in the morning and so I took a nap and I woke up to this terrible, awful pain in my stomach. So I took like, I remember I took Pepto-Bismol, which I don't think I've taken it since. But I was so desperate because the pain was so bad. And I took gas eggs. I took a bath. It was like everything I did, the pain just got worse. And it was just in my lower belly. And it would move around from like right to left to the middle to it just didn't have any rhyme or reason about it. Yeah, had an appendicitis. It was <laughs> by the time like my dad, I called my dad. And I was like, Dad, I'm having the worst pain of my stomach. I need to go to the doctor like right away. And he was like, actually, I'm on my way home, which wasn't normal. Because um, I think by this time, it was like two o'clock in the afternoon. 
And he didn't get home that early usually, but he's like, I'll take you to the doctor. So I couldn't drive. I knew that much. And so she went in and she pushed on my stomach in the right spot and I screamed out in pain. She's like, you're having an appendicitis. You need to go next door (laughs) to the emergency room. Yeah. So I had to do a bunch of testing, of course, to make sure that's what it was and passed all those tests and had an appendicitis. So not fun. Then the very next year, I had my gallbladder taken out. So (laughs) just all kinds of intestinal stomach problems. Um, Little side note, for some reason, and I've heard this before, it wasn't just me. They don't tell you that after you have your gallbladder out, it's going to be really hard to digest fatty food. And I mean, any kind of fatty food, any oils, any like avocados, anything like that. It's really, really hard to digest all that stuff. Now I didn't eat avocados, but I'm just saying it's like, it's really, it's bad and it hurts. It hurts a lot when you would eat fatty food. So I didn't eat a lot of fatty food after that for about three years. I think it took for that to get better. Also around that time I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia. So Basically from 2002 through 2004 is a very big blur for me because a lot of things happened. A lot of health things happened and a lot of bad things happened to me and I don't really remember what order things happened in. I've looked before like on my past doctor notes and stuff and I don't have all of them and so I'm really not sure but the next things that happened were 2003, 2004. I'm just not sure what order. So I had the gallbladder and then I had got diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which was a huge relief because it explained so much, like (laughs) all the random pains I would have that make no sense, you know, just so many things. I was extremely lucky because I've heard horror stories of people who are not able to get that diagnosis that fast. I mean, I was in the hospital for a back injury and she diagnosed me with fibromyalgia while I was in the hospital and I was like, oh great, okay. I didn't know it took like that long for people, I mean, months and years I've heard. So eventually that doctor, she passed away of ovarian cancer, which just makes me so sad. She was so awesome. Her name was Dr. Rao. And then my case was given to her, my file, whatever was given to another man that worked in her office. And he was awesome too. He was like, well, let's just go ahead and test you for other things since she kind of diagnosed you without testing you for anything. So he tested me for lupus and all the autoimmune stuff and it all came back perfect. Uh, He was like, you have like perfect blood work, perfect thyroid, perfect everything. So He did some pressure point tests on me that I don't even know if they still do that, but I had all of them. All of the pressure points were sensitive, so he was like, yeah, you have fibromyalgia. (laughs) So I got, yeah, I got diagnosed with that, which like I said, was kind of a relief to have an answer to all the random pains I'd had growing up and just like my bottoms of my feet would hurt for no reason. It's so weird. And when I'm a kid, not like when I'm an adult, like when I'm a kid. Just stuff that would hurt that shouldn't hurt. Also around that time, I got diagnosed with a hemoplegic migraine. So this was really weird. I remember I was laying on the floor. Um, I had little girls at that time. 
and we were doing like a sleepover on the floor. Actually, you know, I think it was thunderstorming that night, but we still, whenever there's a thunderstorm, we would sleep on the floor together and on the carpet and everything. And I remember I woke up in the middle of the night and I tried to sit up and I was like, hmm, I can't feel my leg, my right leg. I was like, I was probably asleep, you know, because I'm sleeping on kind of a hard floor. And then I realized I couldn't, also could not feel my right arm. And then I tried to say, what is going on? Or something like that out loud. And I couldn't speak. So <laughs> I woke up my oldest daughter and uh, they called uh, 911. And um, we went to the ER, which was like behind our house. The, I remember the fire department came first and they put an aspirin under my tongue in case I was having like a stroke or something. So I went to the ER and they ran all the tests and they're like, oh, you had a migraine. And I was like, no, I didn't even have a headache. I don't know what you're talking about. They said, no, well, sometimes with this kind of migraine, you get a headache and sometimes you don't. I was like, what? You know, I, they were like, you definitely did not have a stroke. Uh, it's the hemiplegic migraines. It's basically migraine that happens to make you go numb on one side of your body. That was the only one I had that was that bad. I think that's pretty common. The first one is really, really bad. And uh, I never got a headache. So it was just the numbing, which was, you know, was scary. I was in a highly stressed out time in my life when this happened. I can't even tell you. I was in a very rocky marriage. Um, just money problems. Just everything was, was bad. And it was just coming out in my health, unfortunately. They put me on Depakote ER at that time. So I'm feeling like this was in 2002, but I'm really not sure. <laughs> like I said, everything runs together. Or it could have been at the beginning of 2003. I remember when uh, uh, I got pregnant with my third child in 2003. I was on Depakote and I knew that it was not good for pregnancy. And so I stopped it immediately as soon as I find it, found out I was pregnant. But uh, that's the baby that you can hear about in my abortion story that we aborted because she had a whole lot of medical issues. She had a lot of neural tube defects. She had club feet. She had a hole in her heart, uh, a crania, many, many problems. And um, yes, I do regret the abortion. I would, going back now, I would have just let the the um, pregnancy go on and spend as much time with her as she had, you know, even if it was a few minutes. But anyway, Depakote worked really well. I think I had a couple more of those, you know, here and there, depending on stress level. But I've, I've never had like a one like that where I went completely numb. I can feel them when they are going to happen. I'll start getting numb in my foot. It's just weird. You can just feel it like starting to happen. I've actually been off of Depakote since 2011, so I haven't needed it all this time. And I do know there are some triggers, like too much caffeine will do it. Uh, if you want to look up that type of migraine, it's called hemiplegic migraine. They used to call it familial hemiplegic migraine because it runs in the family, but I think they dropped to that. Ugh, what else? <laughs> yeah, basically after that I was just dealing with fibromyalgia. I would have terrible flare-ups where... I would just have to be in bed for days on end, it felt like, and just wait. Just wait for the flare-up to go away. And, you know, back then, they didn't know that much about fibromyalgia. It's funny, because my great-grandmother, great-grandmother, yeah, 
was one of the first people ever diagnosed with the name fibromyalgia. I believe she was diagnosed with Mayo Clinic. This is what I have been told. I don't know details or whatever, but it does run in my family on my dad's side. There's a couple people on my mom's side too that actually have it. So yeah, um, I just dealt with that for ever. It felt like terrible flare-ups and just, you can feel them coming and then you just have to rest. In 2009, this is kind of when Netflix was like really starting to blow up and it was Netflix where you ordered your CDs, not CDs, DVDs online and then they would mail them and then you mail it back. You get another one. That's how it used to work for those of you that don't know. So we ordered this movie called Food Inc. And I don't know what possessed me to watch it. I have no idea. I'm not a documentary person, like, at all. Or I wasn't at the time. I think what happened was I was starting to get in, interested in health and wellness again. Because, oh, yeah, I was in college. I remember. I was, uh, I didn't go to college as a, you know, young person. So I went as an adult. I think I was in health class at that time. So I watched Food, Inc. And if you've ever seen it, it's so sad. It's so disturbing. It just, it rocked my world. Like, I can't even tell you. I became a vegan, like, that same day. I watched it, and I was like, I'm done with meat. I'm done with dairy. I'm done with all that stuff. I quit. I'm a vegetarian. I'm vegan. I'm vegan. Straight vegan. And I did not waver. I was vegan for nine months. At the same time, I got rid of artificial sweeteners and I got rid of almost all cleaning products that were like bad chemicals. I kept things like baking soda, vinegar, water, obviously, you know, dish soap. Uh, I got some peppermint essential oil, some lemon oil, stuff like that, and started making my own cleaners minus the, or I did try to make laundry soap, but it was not not possible. (laughs) It just didn't work out. But we got like all free and clear and we've been using that ever since. I noticed that maybe two, three months after I did that. And now let me say, I do got to say this. When I went vegan and stopped all the animal products, I had like that flu kind of cold feeling on like day three not flu. It was more like a cold where I just had like all this drainage and just felt kind of crappy. I was, I, I kind of knew this would happen. I'd read some stuff on the internet. It's like a detox thing that your body goes through. But anyway, so a few months in, I was like, huh, I haven't had a flare up in a while, like with fibromyalgia. That's interesting. So I just kept going on about my life. You know, a couple months go by again, no flare up. I'm like, what? This is so strange. (laughs) Okay. I did have a little bit of, I don't know, it wasn't fibromyalgia stuff. It was like, I didn't feel quite good. Like I felt way better than I had, but something was still off. And so I went to see my regular doctor and I was like, I mean, I'm vegan, but I feel, I don't feel quite, quite good. So she was like, she did some tests and stuff. She's like, yeah, your B12 is low. Um... So you really need to, they didn't know much about veganism at the time, just FYI. And my doctor certainly didn't. She said, you need to eat meat. Unfortunately, you're going to have to eat some kind of meat twice a week. And I was like, no, please. I was so upset. And I I decided, okay, I'll eat fish. Like, I feel bad for all the animals, but 
fish, I feel the least bad. So if you're a vegan fish lover, please don't come at me. I'm just telling you what happened. So I remember we went to this place called Black Eyed Pea here in Dallas. It's not around anymore, unfortunately. It was so good. And I ordered a salmon and I cried. (laughs) I'm like in the restaurant. Luckily, they weren't too busy. But we ordered, I ate a salmon and it was like, I was so torn because it tasted so good, but I was crying too. (laughs) I was so upset. I was like, I'm eating an animal and, oh, you know, I'm just, but it tastes so good and I know I need it for my body and, uh, you know, like that. (laughs) So I still eat them. Okay. So I was vegetarian, actually pescatarian after that, not vegetarian, pescatarian. So I was pescatarian from the end of 2009 all the way till 2018 when I was really starting to get into perimenopause and, you know, my hormones were changing and I suddenly craved chicken like you wouldn't believe. I was like, what is wrong with me? And, uh, you know, it's hormonal. Um, my body was changing and it knew what I needed at the time and so I started eating chicken again and so now I eat fish and chicken I do not eat beef I do not eat turkey I do not eat pork I don't eat any animal meat except for fish and chicken that's not daily not even close um I don't I don't do that and for the longest time I could not eat dairy so I I noticed like when I went pescatarian, I was like, probably five years in, I would eat dairy, like, here and there, you know, just ice cream for a treat or something, and I would get a flare-up, and I was like, no, so turns out dairy is the cul- was the culprit that was causing my flare-up, so I, uh, I stopped dairy again, and I was just like, God, this sucks, you know, like, it's hard, and then I'd be like, yeah, but I was a freaking pescatarian vegan person, you know, no dairy, no eggs for eight years, like, why can't I do it again? So, I stopped the dairy for a while until, I think, 2020, I'm not 100% sure, I started adding it back in in bits, and um, I don't get flare-ups from dairy like I if I eat a lot of dairy I will but I mean it has to be a lot I have to have had pizza and ice cream and just everything dairy problem is dairy still backs me up (laughs) so I I can't like I can't do it too much because then I my uh IBSC will get really really slow Yeah, so I I don't, I can't do too much dairy, but I I do once in a while. We have this really good ice cream shop here that they use. Their dairy comes from like a a farm that like all their, their cows are only grass fed. They do not give them feed or anything. And that dairy does not bother me. Um, Also, when we went to Guatemala, we went to Guatemala in 2018. That's why I started eating. I remember that's why I started having dairy and chicken too, because we were going there and I was like, I don't know what the food choices are going to be like. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to accommodate me. So, um, that was another reason I started eating chicken and dairy. So we were in Guatemala. I had no issues with the food, like nothing. Um, my bowels were still slow, of course, but whatever. 
I was able to eat chicken. I was able to eat all the dairy. Okay. No problems. No flare-ups. Nothing. And it's just because they don't do things the way they, that we do. They use chickens they have on their farm. And it's like, it's so unfair. The U.S. is so screwed up when it comes to um, food. We have so many horrible additives. I can't even. It's too much. I really enjoyed the food in Guatemala. That's probably my favorite thing about the whole place. Besides the beauty, of course. It was very beautiful there. Another thing that happened, this was so random. So I think this was in 2019. Uh, I was getting dressed, not to be TMI, but so my husband was looking at me and he goes, what's wrong with your boob? And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, raise your arms up. And I, I did. And there was like this um, indention in my breast that, that ran like down my breast and into like a line. So there's like a line, oops, a line of indention in my breast. And I looked in the mirror and I was like freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, I have breast cancer. Oh my God, what? there's nothing else it could be. You know, like that's just how my mind works, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, turns out it was not that. Um, I went and had a mammogram like one or two days later. I mean, it was really fast. And then they did a sonogram and he goes, oh, no, you have Mondor's disease. And I was like, what? The heck is Mondor's disease? And I remember my husband had looked it up. He was like, I don't think it's breast cancer. I think it's something called Mondor's. And I was like, what's Mondor's? You know? So yeah, the, the technician was like, yeah, it's Mondor's disease or the doctor is a doctor. He goes, actually, it's almost gone. So, and I was like, what? what, what, what? He said, it's just happened sometimes. So it's a vein that kind of hardens and blood flow stops and then it's done and then it opens back up it's not a blood clot it's not even dangerous it's just it's just weird I don't know you can look it up <laughs> yeah so I've had that I had so there's another thing I have um where in my hip area the veins like they clog up the, they're little tiny veins and they clog up and they cause pain but I don't remember what it's called and it's not dangerous at all. It's not blood clots. It's totally different. It's like, uh, they call it congestion. It's congested. Oh, I don't remember. I do take turmeric every day or eat it, you know, just to keep the blood flowing well in my body. I don't have like any issues with blood besides that, but I don't want to either. So, oh. <laughs> Around that time I started eating chicken, like I said, I was going into perimenopause and, you know, my body is just going through all the crap. Oh, perimenopause sucks, you guys. You don't even know. Let me give you a little tip, okay? I know I wasn't going to share, like, what I do to help myself, but I did kind of share about my eating habits. I sniff peppermint oil and it keeps me from having hot flashes. I'm not saying I don't ever have hot flashes but they are rare and if you just keep peppermint oil around diffuse it like whatever it's fine like it and it's supposedly safe for pets like to breathe in it's not good for them in the lick obviously but just double check on that but we've always had it around our pets i put it in my spray cleaner um it's also antiviral so that helps we also have like a spray bottle that has part alcohol and part water to kind of you know spray down the curtains or anything fabricy. it's sort of like a diy febreze but it's help 
healthy for you. And there's peppermint oil in that. And um, so it's always around and I just rarely ever have a hot flash. It's awesome. And I was having them, but I don't anymore. So but the worst thing about perimenopause for me, besides flooding, <laughs> is um, the migraines. I started having, not the hemiplegic migraine, but it's a different one. I started having these migraines that would attack my trigeminal nerve and the... Um, the other nerve, the one, oh, I can't remember what it's called. Why don't I write this stuff down? It's the nerve that goes down your neck, down your, uh, your back. It's vagus nerve, the vagus nerve. Thank you, brain. Um, <laughs> it's the vagus nerve. So these migraines will, would come with my period, usually at the beginning of my period or the end or during, but it was always around my period. I knew they were coming and I would I knew I'd have to spend three days in bed. And I am not kidding, three days in bed from start to finish. There was nothing I could do. I can't take Advil. So because of my stomach and um, when I had my back injury, oh my gosh, I forgot to talk about that. When I had my back injury, they had me on Advil 24 hours a day, which was so stupid. Don't ever do that. Um, it ruined my stomach. So I can't take Advil. Not even like the liquid one. It, I can't. So all I can take is Tylenol. And it was like, that would take the edge off, but I would still be in the bed. These migraines were horrible. Um, I think 2017, 2018, they were really, really bad. I had them every single month. You know, some days were worse than others. 20, 20, I had a couple in 2020. They started to like taper off. 2021, I think it was January or February. I had one so bad that I threw up. I'm just not one of those people that throws up easily. But the pain was so horrible. Yeah, I threw up. I, I couldn't control it. I just got out of the bed, bed and right on the floor there I threw up. And my husband was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And I was like, it's, it's the pain. The pain made me throw up. It wasn't like, I'm not sick, you know. So then... I discovered this stuff called leafy drops of turmeric and ginger and you put them under your tongue as soon as you feel pain coming on and you leave them there for 20 seconds and then swallow it and drink some water and those have been a lifesaver. I'm not saying I don't still get a migraine but when I do if I take those drops the the migraine I think only one time it has gotten so bad you know, but, um, I think it was because I didn't take the drops in time. So yeah, that stuff is amazing. They also have these other drops that help you sleep called Nidra, N-I-D-R-A. They are not a sponsor. If, if they want to sponsor me, heck yeah, I will talk about them all day. Um, <laughs> but I will take them for any kind of pain, um, versus Tylenol. Uh, I like to try the, those drops first and they have the turmeric in them, which is awesome for my veins, you know? So the migraines, I have not had a migraine yet this year. Praise the Lord. Oh my gosh. I, last one I had was last year and, uh, please God, don't let me have another one now that I've said it out loud. <laughs> And then my last thing I wanted to talk about was anxiety and depression. I have had pre-Jesus, I used to have a lot of anxiety and the attacks would come out of nowhere. They weren't, they didn't seem to be related to anything 
in the moment. Um, I had one that lasted an hour and I could not make it stop. So I went to the ER and I think they just put something in my IV or gave me something. And then they were like, you need to have this on hand so that, you know, you're not waiting to come to the ER. So I was prescribed a medicine for that. And um, after I accepted Jesus in, I don't even know what year it was. I think it was 2014. I have not had an anxiety attack since then coincidence? I think not. (laughs) I'm not saying that happens for everybody, but that's what happened for me. So the depression, I've been depressed a total of three times in my life. And you know, one of the stories I'm going to talk about separately is when I got ghosted. But the first time I was depressed was when my best friend, um, she had moved away to another state. So she'd moved to Iowa. I mean, we were like, I can't even tell you, we were like bread and butter. We were just always together. We would call each other after she moved. We sent letters. You know, I went to visit her. I was there for six weeks in her hometown. They called me y'all because I was from Texas. So that was just my nickname while I was there. It was kind of funny. And, you know, I went home. And then when I was 19, I got pregnant. She knew that. And then she was in town um, seeing her dad. He still lived here. And I told her, like, hey, you know, I'm on bed rest. Uh, I was six weeks pregnant and bleeding a little bit and they wanted me to be on bed rest for a few days and she was like oh, okay um I'll, I'll be I have to go see our my other friend so and so and then I'll be on my way to your house so I was like okay good and I was very excited to see her you know because she was still my best friend even though she moved away and I never heard from her again she completely ghosted me I don't know what happened I don't know why. Um, I shouldn't say I never talked to her again because I did talk to her on the phone probably like five years later. And she, I asked her what happened and she just said, I don't know. It was a very short, awkward conversation. I don't even remember how we got on the phone. It was weird. I don't know if I called her. It was, I don't know. You know, thanks to Facebook and Instagram and all that, I know she has a husband and children and she seems to be doing okay. She seems like a a good person. When she did that, I became severely depressed because it was like a death because all contact was lost. You know, I remember calling her dad and I was like, Hey, you know, my friend, I'm just going to call her Anna. Anna was supposed to be on her way over. And do you know what happened? And her dad was like, no. And I remember calling the next day and then the next day and I kind of got the hint that she ghosted me. This is before texting or anything like that. I was 19 years old. So it was 26 years ago. To this day, I, I, I don't know why she did that. Um, and I forgave her a long time ago. It's like no big deal now, but I was severely depressed for a while, probably a couple of months. Then the second time I had depression was after uh, the abortion with my daughter Charlize. That was like the worst time in my life. Um, One of the worst times in my life, but it was really, really bad because it wasn't one of those deals where I wanted an abortion, but you can go back and listen to that podcast if you'd like, but it was bad. I had friends on, I think I had seasons one through four on DVD because it was still on TV at the time. And, uh, I had it playing 24 seven, like 24 hours a day. I had that show playing because I needed something that would at least make me smile. You know, the abortion ruined me, caused a lot of problems, um, physically, 
um, and mentally, of course. And then the third time I got depressed was so weird. Um, it lasted exactly two weeks. Y'all won't even believe it makes zero sense. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of post-concert depression, but I didn't know it was a thing until it happened to me. <laughs> so I went to see the script. Wasn't even a fan. Okay. I took my daughter. I listened. I knew one song, the one song that was on the radio here in the U.S. because they're more of a, they're very popular in the U.K. But my daughter was like a huge fan because she was really into music that no one else knew about. Um, indie, you know, like stuff like that. So I took her and on the way we listened to the song so I could kind of get familiar. And it was a really fun time for me and her. One of the best concerts I've ever been to. They are not big here in the States. So it was in a very smaller, like, very smaller, very small venue. Gosh, they were so good. And I was like, wow, I love this band. I became a huge fan. Um, I'm still a fan to the stick. Just had the best time. Got to meet Danny afterwards, met Glenn, um, didn't meet Mark because he was he came out, but then he had to go. Took a picture with Danny, and I, I saw that picture. <laughs> My daughter got to meet them. It was really fun. We had so much fun. Next day, totally depressed. Totally depressed. And then the next day, depressed. Could not get out of bed. Could not stop crying. So this is also before, you know, I knew Jesus. I went to see a psychic medium to find out what the heck was wrong with me. She said it had to do with the concert and Danny. Don't ask me why. I guess meeting him did something to me. I, it makes no sense. And you know what? She was a psychic medium and I don't believe in that stuff anymore because I used to be one and let me tell you, it's not good. That's another story for another podcast. <laughs> but so I was depressed for two weeks and then I was over it. Just went back to being a fan and yeah, it was really weird, but it was, it was like severe depression. I was like, I have to get out of this. I have a family. I have responsibilities. This is dumb. Like I'm depressed after being at a concert. This makes zero sense. You know, it was strange. Maybe it had something to do with my period or something. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, those are my ailments. I've had my health and wellness journey. Yeah, I will do a separate video. Video. I'm so used to saying that because I used to do YouTube videos for 10 years. I will do a separate podcast, you know, talking about the things I've done to get better and the things I've learned over the years. Um, I'm sort of a health and wellness. Obviously, I feel like professional, but I can't say that because I didn't graduate college and I didn't, I don't have a practice and stuff. But what is that saying? When you have 10,000 hours of study, you're a professional at that point. I definitely have that. And people do come to me for help with health stuff. So that's good. But anyways, whew, I need to find a scripture to read to you guys. One sec. All right. The verse for today is, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify your body in God. 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20. There's a proverb too. Actually, there's many verses about health, believe it or not. <laughs> it says, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Um, so, you know, not only taking care of yourself, 
with good food and good drink, but, you know, having a joyful heart. And that's something that I have to work on. You know, my personal sin is anger. And um, I'm not like a angry person. I just have occasional outbursts. And I mean, like, very occasional. I had one last night, actually. (laughs) You know, it's just important that we also try to find more joy in our lives and find the joy in everything. So... Anyways, I will see y'all next time. Love y'all. Bye. All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to Dessert Stealers. My name is Stephanie, and I will see y'all next time. Please don't forget to rate and review and all the things you're supposed to do. All right, love y'all. Bye.